What is going on, everyone? This is Connor, the co-host with the most, and welcome back to another spooky, scary episode of Clutch Crew Sports. This is the annual Halloween episode, and just like last year, we've got some nice uh, Halloween imagery if you're watching on YouTube. This is definitely going to be an episode to watch on YouTube because I spent some time working on these slides, so I want everyone to actually see these. Um, but yeah, excited to bring you another episode. This week, we're going to be looking at just like our buy and sell in week two, we're going to be doing a Halloween trick or treat this week, um, looking at eight different NFL topics and whether or not we agree um, with them or not. Then, as always, we're going to preview the games for the week and look back on another disappointing lockboard week for myself, spoiler alert, and um, just the crew as a whole. The lockboard has been fairly disappointing recently. And then we're going to close the episode out by looking at uh, the upcoming NFL trade deadline. There's already been one big trade that has been made today um, that you guys will find out later on in the episode. But it should be a lot of fun, and hopefully you guys enjoy. Now let me introduce you to the rest of the crew. What's up, everyone? Zach here. Um, once again, Connor is hosting the episode, so I get to take the the second seat, so to say, in this and uh, and be a regular crew member. But yeah, super excited to do the Halloween episode again. I know it was a big hit last year. We had a lot of fun making it. Um, and like Connor said, check it out on YouTube just to see our intro slides alone. I, Connor didn't get to you know have enough time to describe all his stuff. And I can't say everything on my, my slide either, but it's a lot of fun personal related stuff uh halloween themed uh to look at um and yeah it's another bad week for the jaguars uh so at least i have this podcast like you know talk about sports <laughs> and it's not a thank god when i made this podcast it wasn't a jaguars only podcast because i would be uh probably stop doing that by now but uh <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> yep <laughs> What's going on, y'all? Eric, the ranting co-host here, or is in this episode, I will be Howard Wallowitz from the Big Bang Theory. If you're looking at the slides, you can see my costume there. Uh, definitely going to have to agree with Zach here about the Jags thing. I'm just going to go ahead and say it now. Fire Urban Meyer. Just, like, get rid of him. Anyway, we're not even talking about that this episode, but <laughs> us Jaguars fans are pretty upset right now. But, um yeah, I hope you guys enjoy this. A lot of fun Halloween, uh, a lot of a lot of cool topics to discuss here. So, yeah, I'm ready to get into it, man. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Nate here. Um, like the other guys said, had a fun time making, uh, putting together the, the spooky slides for Halloween today. Um, if you are watching on YouTube, I've got um, a couple of, you know, Gators and Patriots images with Halloween theme, and then I've got um, Paul Pierce in his Buzz Lightyear uh, Halloween costume. I was wondering who that was. So. I was like, that looks familiar, <laughs> but I can't put my my name my a finger to him. <laughs> yeah, I was like, it's just one of like the goofier like NBA images I could find. So I thought that'd be fun to throw in. Um, but yeah, hopefully everyone had a bunch of candy and all that this weekend. And um, Pat's actually got a win, so um, you know, pretty good Halloween for me at least. So excited to talk about it with um, the rest of the guys here. Yeah, I think it's a uh, – we're kind of getting back to that old theme of uh, Nate and I seem to be happy with our NFL teams on a weekly basis, whereas Zach and Eric, not so much. Um, hopefully it stays that way, at least for me, because the Steelers have been so unpredictable. But we are going to go around the shield as we as we foreshadowed with Trick or Treat. Um, each one of us has a – you know, normally when we do this, you see that we have a um, – that each of us has a – our, our normal picture up here, but we've each picked out a Halloween-themed picture. Um, I'll go ahead and say that I've got the Grim Reaper once again. Different picture this year to change it up. Um, and then Eric is going with his Howard from Big Bang Theory. Eric, you might want to consider going back and getting a PhD because you've only got a master's, and that's not good. Um, yeah, I, I basically have no chance of success in life. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Zach has... Um, I don't know why I always forget his name. Is is it Dave? Is that his name? Is that the guy. Name? The guy. It's the, okay, it's the guy from Disturbed. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then uh, Nate has gone the more traditional Halloween route with a Michael Myers picture. Um, 
So I like it. I like it. I like the choices. Uh, but now we're going to get into trick or treat. And like I said, we have eight topics. And we're going to start with this one's going to make Eric and especially his fiance Susan happy. Um, one of the biggest surprises this year that I'm sure we're going to talk about next week on our midseason review, um, the Dallas Cowboys have, are off to a six and one start, but you know, as we've seen in the past, they don't always good early season doesn't always translate to late season success. Are the Dallas Cowboys a Super Bowl contender? Okay. All right, so we have Eric, unsurprisingly, um, and Nate over on the treat side of this, which would be the buy side. Zach and I are on the trick side, which is the sell side. Um, so I guess since this is Susan's team, Eric, tell me why you think the Dallas Cowboys are a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, I mean, I've got the Dallas Cowboys as a Super Bowl contender for multiple reasons. I mean, first of all, obviously their record's really good, and you know, in that week one game that they lost, if Greg Zerline doesn't suck on a couple kicks, like they win that game and they'd be they'd be the last undefeated team remaining in the league. And I guess what's really what really impressed me with them is first of all, without Dak Prescott, I in that last game against Minnesota, I thought there was zero chance that they were gonna win that game. But the offense still played really well. Cooper Rush actually did a pretty good job in that game. He had one really bad interception, but for the most part, he played really well. But what makes this Cowboys team de- uh, different from their other previous seasons is how just how good their defense has been playing. And I know they haven't had necessarily the toughest schedule to date yet, but their defense is playing at a level that they've never played at. And that's always been what's held them back before. Like they've always had great offenses, whether it's been, you know, when Dak was their quarterback or, you know, before him, when Romo was the quarterback, they've always had weapons. They've always had a good old line quarterback plays have been pretty good, but it's always been their defense. That's been the biggest problem. And their defense is just playing at a elite level right now. Like, the Vikings have been, you know, they've been kind of hot and cold this year, but they've had a lot of hot games, but the defense held them to 16 points on the road. I mean, that's with the weapons that Minnesota has, that's pretty impressive. I just, I'm a believer in this team right now. Obviously I wish it was my Jags, but you know, since it's Susan's team, I can be happy for her. So <laughs> but yeah, yeah I, I am a believer in the Cowboys. All right. Well, Zach, you know, we're both on the trick side here. You're a little bit more on the uh, trick side than I am. So tell me why the Dallas Cowboys aren't a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, I mean, I just I don't think they're a Super Bowl contender. Mainly when I'm looking at the NFC conference as a total, if I were to do like a power rankings, I would still have teams like the Cardinals, the Rams, the Bucks, the Packers. I think they're all better than the Cowboys are right now. Um, like Eric kind of said, their schedule has kind of been an easier one. They're feasting in a bad division, I think. So their record's going to be really good. But uh, I, I'm still waiting to see on the Cowboys. Like, they're going to, they're clearly good enough to make the playoffs and stuff, maybe win a game. But um, this team just doesn't have, had, it just hasn't had any playoff success um, in the past. And when you're in a conference with teams like uh, the Packers, who are always making it to NFC Championship games, you know, Tom Brady and losing. <laughs> yeah, they lose, but they at least make it there. They have the Cowboys number. I know. Um, Rams, Rams are, are traditionally good. The Cardinals are an up and comer. It's like there, there's so much competition for the Cowboys right now. And I just I think they're good, but it's still like a wait and see thing. I, I have all those teams better than them. Yeah, definitely. All right. So now we're going to move on to, you know, the Cardinals finally fell this week. They're no longer undefeated. Um, but now we're going to move on to the Detroit Lions. They're still winless this season. So, and, you know, they've had a couple games where they've looked good, but they looked absolutely awful against the Eagles, which I know three out of the four of us actually picked the Lions to win that game at home. And then they came out and got blown out 44 to six. So, you know, is it a possibility that we can once again see the Detroit Lions go winless this time, not just 0-16, but 0-17 this time? 
All right. So we're all on the trick side. Um, I guess I'll just speak. Um, I just, I can't see this team not winning a game at some point. I just, I don't know. I mean, those years that they went 0-16 and then when the Browns did, I feel like it's just so hard to go winless. I mean, you almost have to try to go winless. And the Detroit Lions don't look like they're trying to go winless. Like, they're trying to win. They're trying to play. It's just not going to happen right now. Um, you know, I think they, they have some winnable games left on their schedule. Like, I know they play the Bears again. Um, and they play some of the other teams. And, like, they play the Giants at some point this year. I think they play the NFC East. So, um, I just don't see any way they don't win a game. It's just, it, it would be really rare. I mean, if they do, then hands down, this is going to be the worst team in the history of the league. Um, but I just don't see it happening. Um, I know the guys are all in agreement. So now let's move on. This is, this one's probably, I don't think is going to be, we're going to all be in agreement, but the Cleveland Browns, they've been looking not too good this year so far. You know, the Steelers beat them this week. And unfortunately for them, they are currently sitting in last place in the AFC North. Um, do the Cleveland Browns, who were the early season AFC North favorites and Super Bowl picks by Zach, will they end up missing the playoffs? All right, so we have... Zach, Eric, and Nate on the trick side, and I am the lone person on the treat side. I'll start with Nate. Um, why will the Cleveland Browns, why do you think they're still going to make the playoffs, even with all the struggles they've had? Yeah, so, I mean, I think that I'm not necessarily picking them, saying, like, they're 100% going to make the playoffs, but I do think um, that that division is in such, like, a tight uh, competitive race right now. I don't think it's, like, they're necessarily – out of the running just because we're in last place. I think there's still enough games left where they could, um, you know, win games versus the Bengals and um, the Ravens and the Steelers to make up that lead. I think that that roster, there's a reason that we picked them, you know, to win the division or else, you know, be at the top of the standings at the command of the season because there's so much talent there that I think in the long run, like the Bengals are doing uh, great so far, like way better than I thought they would be for sure. But I think, the Browns roster, I think all that talent, once they get healthy and um, at full strength, I think just over the course of 17 games, that's going to, um, I think, win out there. I'd, I'd be surprised if it didn't. Yeah, so I'm going to be on the side of saying that they are going to miss the playoffs. My thing for them, I think the biggest thing hampering them right now is the fact that they just lost to the Steelers at home. I think the big thing for them was like, okay, you know, we might not be as good as the Ravens or Bengals right now, but at least we should be better than the Steelers. And then they go out and lose to the Steelers. So especially given the division they're in, I feel like, I mean, they're going to win a divisional game at some point. They're not going to lose all of them, but I could easily see them losing all except one more of their divisional games. Um, like I could see the Steelers beating them at home. I could see the Bengals and Ravens like, you know, I think they could steal a home game against maybe like the Bengals. Um, but I could I honestly see the Ravens probably beating them both times and the Bengals uh, winning when the Bengals are at home. So they said the Browns are just too banged up. And I think the problem for them is that I think they're just going to stay banged up because it seems like every time these guys come back, they just get hurt again. Like Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham can't stay healthy at all. Like, as soon as they get back on the field, they're, like, limping off 10 plays later. Um, Baker Mayfield really isn't looking like, you know, he's not looking very good. He's looking very inconsistent. And especially with, you know, the run game, the way it is. I mean, I know the Steelers have a good defense, but Nick Chubb and Dearness Johnson couldn't do anything against that Steelers defense last week. And... You know, part of that could be, too, they're losing a lot of pieces on the O-line. If they can't get that run game going, Baker Mayfield, I think, has proven that he can't carry this team. So that and also the other thing contributing to this is the fact that, you know, the AFC is I know it's close, but there's just so many good teams in the AFC. And I just don't think they're going to be able to keep up with it. So I do think the Browns are going to miss the playoffs. And I mean, I think they're going to finish in last place in the division at this point. So with that being said, we're going to move on to offensive rookie of the year. At the start of the year, we all had a unanimous across the board. Trevor Lawrence was going to be offensive rookie of the year. 
but eight weeks into the season might not be so true anymore. And could we have the possibility of, you know, with all these, there were five first round quarterbacks this year. We were all thinking, Oh, it has to be a quarterback. What are the chances that a quarterback does not win rookie of the year this year? All right. So, (laughs) so we are all, sorry, that's fine. We're all on the treat side here. We all think that a quarterback won't win rookie of the year. Eric, tell me about the rookie of the year race. Yeah. Unfortunately for Zach and I, it's not looking too good for Trevor. Uh, He started off the season pretty bad and then he put some good games together, but then uh, had a horrible game last week against Seattle. It's like almost like everything just went completely backwards. But even so, it wasn't like he was lighting it up per se anyway. And it, that's just kind of been the trend with uh, all of the quarterbacks, all of the rookie quarterbacks this year. Uh, like Trey Lance hasn't even played yet. Justin Fields, like he actually did like pretty good, it looked like, in the 49ers game. But other than that, he'd had a bunch of abysmal games. Zach Wilson's been abysmal. Uh, the only one that's actually had a, you know, strung some good games together is Mac Jones, ironically, who was the last one picked, but even then, I don't think he's been strong enough. I mean, for me, the it's depending on what happens the rest of the way, it's either going to come down to Jamar Chase or Najee Harris. Uh, uh, both of them kind of struggled the first couple games, didn't necessarily do a whole lot, but Jamar Chase has been you know, lighting it up for the most part over these last few weeks. And then Najee Harris has really come together and really helping the Steelers get a running game going again, which last year they couldn't do at all. So unless like, you know, both of them were to get hurt or something, I don't really see how, you know, a court or unless maybe if Mac Jones were to suddenly go off, you know, for a bunch of games, then maybe he could get it. But it's Jamar Chase and Najee Harris is the top two. Like, it's their race to lose at this point, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely got to agree with you there. Uh, hopefully for me, it's Najee Harris, you know. Don't want to see that Bengals player winning any sort of award. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so moving on from some AFC North-related questions to the AFC East, the New York Jets pulling off a big upset against the Cincinnati Bengals this week. They somehow also managed to pull off a big upset against the Tennessee Titans with a healthy Derrick Henry. Um, I don't know what's going on with the Jets. It's like they are trash against bad teams and they're really good against good teams. Uh, Who knows what's going on? But, you know, this team was looking to be a cellar dweller, possibly fighting for that number one pick. But with the way that they've been looking, is it possible that the New York Jets could make it to five wins this season? All right, so we have Zach and I agreeing on the trick side and Nate and Eric on the treat side. So, Zach, why will the New York Jets not make it to five wins? Yeah, so, I mean, this is one of those things where it's like you can't be too reactionary to one game. You know, they they had a big upset against the Bengals, but looking at it, they were at home. The Bengals were coming off of, like, these emotional wins. Um, it, it just seemed like like a good opportunity for them to possibly steal it. Uh, the Jets have been abysmal this year for the most part, especially on offense. Like they they scored their first um, first quarter points this week. Before this week, they hadn't scored a single point in the first quarter. They averaged like twenty yards a quarter in the first quarter. Like this, this <laughs> just with Zach Wilson in there, they were looking terrible for all these games. And then now Mike White's done good, but Zach Wilson's going to come back in a couple weeks. I assume uh, no matter what Mike White does, he'll probably, when Zach's healthy, I think he'll get the start back up again. So it's like, I just don't think this team is very good enough to get five wins. They do play the Jags, the Texans, the Dolphins a few times. So like on paper, you would think so. But uh, personally, I I just don't see it happening. I I think four is their ceiling, but uh, what about side yeah so nate tell me why your afc east counterparts over there can actually make it to five wins 
Yeah, so I mean, kind of for the reasons that Zach uh, just listed with the schedule there, it's, um, again, like, I don't think that, you know, after beating the Bengals by three points, um, I don't think that they're, you know, all of a sudden a playoff contender or anything like that. But I do think their schedule um, has some pretty manageable games on there. It seems like they're not um, actively tanking like they were last year. So if they're actually trying to, you know, win some games, um, I think they could find a way to uh, win three games on that schedule with, I hate to say, but um, the Jags, you never know what they're going to, um, you know, show up looking like on Sunday. And um, the Dolphins are kind of in the same boat there that, you know, they get two cho- two shots at them. And the Texans, um, I they have that one uh, week that they look really good. But other than that, that they're a pretty beatable roster too. So I feel like, and then, the, you know, they beat the, t- the Texans, um, with healthy Derrick Henry. So, I mean, who knows? They could upset uh, somebody else who is totally out of the blue. So, uh, I think I think it's believable. I'm not saying, you know, they're an incredible team, but it could, I could see it happening. We're not locking in or anything, but, you know. <laughs> no, not going that far. <laughs> um, so, now we move on to the Arizona Cardinals. You know, as I mentioned before, they finally took their first L of the season on a Thursday night thriller against the Packers. Um, the Cardinals have been looking a little shaky this year at times, um, but obviously, you know, they didn't get to 7-0 and for, you know, by being a shaky team. So what are your guys' thoughts on, are the Cardinals potentially headed for a first-round playoff upset? <laughs> Had to get everyone moving their stuff there. there. Are I'm you saying I'm basically in the middle is what I'm saying. Like, okay. <laughs> okay. So Zach and I keeping the trend alive, agreeing um, on the treat side with Eric sort of in the middle. Oh, <laughs> I'll just put your picture. It's like, I'm doing this on my yeah. phone. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I got you. I got you. Um, so with Eric in the middle and Nate on the trick side um, for me, I don't know. It's just like this Cardinals team. I don't know what to make of them. They're one of those teams that, I mean, I almost feel like I don't want to compare them to the Packers of last year because I think they're better than that. But, you know, I don't know. It's just like they've had these really shaky moments. You know, they had like that. They were losing to the Jags at halftime when they in that game. Um, You know, they've had some other games that they've played that they probably should have been more into i honestly don't think they should have lost to the packers when the packers didn't have Devonte adams or alan lazard like both of their top receivers um and they didn't even really get beat by aaron Rodgers in that game that much it was more so like you know the cardinals kind of beat themselves if anything because with kyler murray throwing two interceptions um i don't know it's just i feel like what's going to happen to them i feel like they're going to i feel like the rams are still going to win the division and like, the, like, even though the Cardinals beat the Rams last time, I think the Rams come back in the next matchup and win. And the Rams are going to win the division. And then the Cardinals are going to be relegated to a wild card spot. And I feel like they're going to have to go in. They're either going to have to go in somewhere like Dallas or Green Bay or Tampa. One of those places, they're going to have to go play one of those teams. And I feel like they're going to lose having to go on the road into one of those stadiums. So, um I just don't have a lot of faith in them anymore. If they can win the division, then I might have a little bit more faith in them, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think the Rams will. So Nate, why do you think the Cardinals are going to avoid the first round upset? I mean, I'm just very, um, I guess, bullish on the Cardinals this year. Maybe it's me, but um, I think that they're not putting too much into their loss um, versus the Packers. I think Thursday night games kind of, um, that short week is always weird for teams, and that's not an excuse um, to lose. But I think you know, dropping a game like that versus a uh, title contender in the Packers isn't enough to really write them off just yet. I think that um, it's gonna be close for some in the Rams, but even with the Bob Miller edition, I do think that the Cardinals um, can definitely beat them in the second matchup. And even if they don't, I, I still think that they can com- go and compete. Um, any building in the NFL on wild card weekend. I think uh, they got enough playmakers there to, um, you know, win a, a, a winner go home game there. So I, I'm still going to roll with them um, going forward, but um, I think it's definitely an interesting uh, divisional race out there. 
Yeah. All right. So Nate sticking to his guns. Um, now let's move on to another surprise this year, opposite of the Dallas Cowboys, the Kansas City Chiefs struggling this year at three and four. Um, unfortunately for them, I don't know what's happening in the game, but last time I checked, they were only winning 14 to 10 against the Giants. Um, and it looks like the Giants have the ball. So, yeah, so the Kansas City Chiefs struggling. Um, is there a possibility, we talked about this with the Browns, that the Kansas City Chiefs could actually miss the playoffs? Who moved my picture? <laughs> oh, shoot, that was me. Sorry. <laughs> I was, like, I, I was on the wrong. I, I thought I was clicked on the mine. Okay. Are you are you keeping your picture where it is, Zach? Uh, I moved it. Oh, this okay, is there, 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 sorry, sorry. There was a delay. Okay, okay. there we go. Um, so we have Zach and Eric fully on the trick side, with Nate and I sort of in the middle. Um, Nate slightly on the trick side, me slightly on the treat side. Um, Zach, Kansas City Chiefs. What's going on with them? Yeah, this is another thing where it's like people got to slow their horses down. Like, <laughs> have Patrick Mahomes, Tyree Kill, and Travis Kelsey. Like, I, I'll believe it. I'll believe they miss the playoffs when they actually do. Like, I, I don't care what their record is right now. I don't care what their schedule looks like. The Chiefs are one of those teams. They've been the back-to-back Super Bowls. You give the you give them the benefit of the doubt that they're going to make the playoffs. I think I think all this talk about them missing the playoffs is complete complete nonsense honestly like this is (laughs) this is a fair question based on their record and this is like a hot take segment and stuff but come on guys they're they're not missing the playoffs i'll lock that or whatever that Uh i don't think that's a i don't think that's a strong strong enough thing to lock but i'll do it if it makes you guys feel better i'm locking (laughs) that they make playoffs (laughs) interesting i mean I will say for me, since I'm the furthest to the right here on the spectrum, yeah. um, my thing is that to me, it's going to depend on what they do at right, right before the trade deadline, honestly, since it's tomorrow. And we're going to talk about them a little bit later, because if I look at this team right now, like, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is in a funk, like he's in a real bad funk. I don't know what's going on with him. I mean, I would like to think that he's going to come out of it, but it just seems to me like the teams, they know how to stop the Chiefs now. Like, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, like, you know, they're not going off for huge numbers like they usually are. I mean, if I look at right now in this game, like, Travis Kelsey has one catch for three yards. Like, who else? And and it's the Giants that you're playing against. I mean, come on now. Like, it can't be, they can't be that good, you know? And then... The other thing, and the main thing for me with them is just that defense. Oh, my goodness. That defense is so atrocious. I don't even know. Like, they have to be a bottom tier, like a bottom five defense, in my opinion. So, you know, if Patrick Mahomes can get himself out of this funk, and if they can make, like, maybe one or two moves along the trade deadline, then I will firmly put myself back on the Chiefs are making the playoffs train. But if they can't do anything to change this before the trade deadline – and if Patrick Mahomes has another couple of weeks of, you know, not looking like Patrick Mahomes, then I could totally see the Chiefs missing the playoffs, given how good a lot of these AFC teams are, especially the division they play in. I mean, the Chargers have been looking a little rough, but I mean, the Chargers already beat them once and the Raiders have been looking decently, even with the head coaching problem, you know, and for some reason, it's like, you know, the Raiders have the Chiefs number. So... You know, I just don't know anymore with the Kansas City Chiefs. And I will say this, though, that 100%, and I'd be confident to lock this, that Patrick Mahomes is not at all even going to be in a discussion for MVP this season. So, moving on. Sorry, Eric, that you're going to get that pick wrong, but... Um, <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, final trick-or-treat question. Um I don't know how if this one's going to be as controversial as that one. I didn't expect that one to be as controversial, but um, we're going to so, so need to talk about it. So I come mean, on. That, that's true. I mean, <laughs> you versus me, it's got to be controversial somehow. Um, but the Miami Dolphins on a six game losing streak after a win in week one against the New England Patriots. 
you know, we had this discussion last week about young quarterbacks. Will the Miami Dolphins move on from Tua Tonga-Vailoa at the end of this season? All right, we are all in agreement on this, uh, that we all think that the Dolphins will move on from Tua. Nate, take it away with the last uh, trick-or-treat. Why are the Dolphins moving on from Tua after this year? Yeah, I mean, so I think it's... um... I think, honestly, we think we see enough out of him. Um, I know he's a first-round, um, high first-round pick, and they've got a lot invested in him, but I think we've seen teams move on from those type of quarterbacks pretty quickly in the last couple of seasons. The Jets just said it was Sam Darnold. Um, you know, Josh Rosen got dumped uh, pretty quick. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Out in Arizona. Uh, I think it's kind of going to be like a similar situation Uh here with Tua, where I just don't think he has what it takes right now. I don't know if it's um, his body, like the injury he had coming out of college or what, but um, he just hasn't shown me a lot. I think it's kind of time to um, look elsewhere at quarterback as I try and wrap up this rebuild. Because the rest of the roster, I thought, you know, end of last year was kind of trending upwards. I like Brian Flores as a coach, but I think quarterback, um, they really want to get serious about rebuilding. They got to address that for sure all right so moving on we're going to take a look at our three matchups to watch during the week i'm going to try and keep this uh, a little bit briefer to save some time um but we're going to start off with the one o'clock cleveland browns at the cincinnati Bengals. um big divisional game again for the cleveland browns you know they already lost to the ravens once they already lost to the – or no, they didn't lose to the Ravens. So they lost to the Steelers. What am I saying? The Steelers lost to the Bengals. I'm, I've got these teams mixed up. <laughs> They're both orange. Um, but, yeah, so the Cleveland Browns lost to the Steelers last week at home. Now they have to turn around and go on the road against Cincinnati, who just came off a road loss to the Jets. Um, for me in this game, I just feel like the Browns are still too banged up. I mean, you heard what I said about them earlier. The Bengals, you know, they're at home. They're going to be looking to rebound from that performance against the Jets. I mean, no one likes losing to the Jets. Um, I feel like Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are going to get it going. I think, you know, I think it's really, I think it is going to be a low scoring game just because this Browns defense is really good. Um, But I also don't think their offense is going to be able to do anything against the Bengals defense, which has been surprisingly good. So I'm going to take the Cincinnati Bengals in a low scoring affair, 17 to 10. Eric, what about you? Yeah, I, I pretty much agree with you spot on here. Like, I'm still a believer in the Browns going forward, but I do think they're too banged up right now uh, to get this win. So I'm going to go – I do think it'll be a little bit higher scoring, but I'm going to go uh, Bengals uh, 21-17. Zach? All right, well, I, I got to – Got to keep with my predictions here. I'm still still a Browns believer. Uh, <laughs> battle for Ohio here. It's going to be close, I think. But uh, I, I saw enough good out of Cleveland's defense yesterday to make me think that they can slow down this Bengals offense. Um, and uh, they they have to get some better. Nick Chubb has to do better than what he did. I I expect them to run the ball a lot and and control the time of possession. I'll say Browns. Uh, 24 or 21. All right, Nate. And yeah, I, after I talked them up earlier, I can't play against them here. So I'm going to go uh, Browns. Um, I'm going to go, I don't want to copy Zach. So I'm going to go Browns 24, Bengals uh, 17. <laughs> I think their defense is going to get it done. <laughs> don't want to you know, be a copycat there. Um, all right. So Nate, take it away with our second game of the week. Yeah. So we've got, um, Chargers versus Eagles up there. Um, I think this is a pretty interesting um, matchup. I feel like I say that every week, but um, <laughs> it's not necessarily like the two best teams of the week facing off. But I think that, you know, the Chargers coming off that loss to the past last week and the Eagles put up a ton of points on um, the Lions who aren't looking too good right now. So um, both coming out of two, de- two separate, um, you know, uh, performances, I guess you could say. Um, I think we definitely be interesting as far as like the offenses. The Chargers put up a ton of points. Um, start off the season, they kind of been slowed down in the last couple of weeks. 
Uh, the Pats did a really good job against them. I watched most of that game, and um, the Eagles have been okay, but they've definitely been exposed by some teams. So it'll mostly, I think, what I'm looking for is to see if the Chargers can get back on track on offense and um, if the Eagles can kind of keep it up versus um, a defense that's been banged up. Um, Chargers lost some guys from their secondary yesterday, so um, Jalen Hurts should have, you know, a decent, uh, you know, not a very hard defense to work against. So we'll see if the Eagles can get it done. But I'm going to go with uh, the Chargers. I think even with their injuries, they're still a more uh, well-rounded, um, better coach team at this time. So I'm going to go Chargers, uh, 28, Eagles, 17. Eric. Yeah. So <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm a, I'm in a I'm in agreement with Nate here. Um the Eagles did put a whooping on the Lions last week. It was the first time the Eagles have really looked good in a while, but it was the Lions, so it's not enough to convince me uh that the Eagles are getting things back on track just yet. I'm definitely gonna need to see them do it again. So even though the Chargers have been struggling, I I expect Justin Herbert to get it back on track this week and uh i'm gonna go i'm gonna go chargers uh 24 13 yeah this is really an interesting matchup just because like you know the the eagles while they haven't been winning they have been in a lot of these games that they've lost um so and it's more so i think one thing that really was a shock to a lot of people was the game against the lions. Like it was their run game that really carried them. Like Jalen hurts did almost nothing in that game. It was really Jordan Howard and Boston Scott that really won that game for them. That being said though, I do expect the chargers to get back on track here. I mean, Austin Eckler is just too good to, you know, be able to contain him for so long. Um, and I think this Eagles defense is going to be exposed by him. Um, I think it's going to be a higher scoring affair. I think this is too, decent offenses and two pretty bad defenses. Um, so I'm going to take the chargers in this one and go chargers 35, 28 over the Eagles. Zach, what about you? I'm going to, I'm going to be a little different than you guys. I'm going to take the Eagles in this one. I think, I think it'll be an upset, but also like the chargers haven't, you know, since that Ravens game, like, you know, we talked them up on the podcast, like, Oh, this great offense, this great surprise. And, uh, they they just haven't looked the same really, and and the Eagles I think are hitting stride right now. It really is a prove it game for both teams. I think uh, if the if the Chargers drop this one, it's going to look really bad. If the Eagles lose, it's going to be like all right, they're back to being the Eagles. But I'm going to go with the home team home field advantage of this one. Take the Eagles in a close one. I'll say uh, I'll say twenty eight twenty seven Eagles. All right, Zach, take it away with the last game of the week. We were just talking about the Chiefs, and here they are now. Yeah, so we have uh, Chiefs and Packers here, a 425 game. And, you know, record-wise, this might not be as entertaining because the the Chiefs have some losses. uh, But still, it's Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes again. Uh, You never know when it's going to be the last time. Uh, these two quarterbacks match up against each other if uh, since they don't play in separate, you know, they don't play in the same conferences and Aaron's pretty old. Um, so it is going to be fascinating to see um, just the quarterback battle here. That's the, for sure, the matchup to watch, see which quarterback out duels the other. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm, I'm going to pick the chiefs in this one. Uh, it's tough to go into Arrowhead and win. Uh, really tough to do that. The Chiefs, you know, we've talked about their struggles, but uh, we also, uh, I, I still think the Packers, I'm not, you know, I've never been, whereas like I'll give the Browns the benefit of the doubt. I don't do that with the Packers. So I'm, I'm going to pick the Chiefs in a in a high scoring game. I do think this will live up to the, to the shootout that we expect it will be. Uh, I'll say Chiefs 38, Packers 30. Eric, what about you? Yeah, so I'm going to disagree with you on this one. Uh, while I, you know, while the Chiefs were my, you know, Super Bowl pick and everything, and I, and I, I was Zach from the topic earlier that I do believe the Chiefs will still get to the playoffs, but I just don't think they're going to win this game. I mean, other than that, 
horrible loss that Green Bay had in week one. They've looked really good since then. And they even went into Arizona on a Thursday, on the road on a Thursday night game without their top three weapons. And their starting tight end even got hurt like halfway through the game. And the Packers still won the game. Uh, they're another team like Dallas in the sense where like their defense is playing better than normal. Like that's it's they've always been kind of a deal like with Dallas where it's always been their defense that's held them back. But well, I, their defense isn't. I'm not going to call them a lead or anything. But they've been playing better than they have in previous seasons. And the Chiefs have just been struggling offensively. And like Connor alluded to earlier, I mean, we know how bad the Chiefs' defense is. I just Aaron Rodgers should have you know, Adams and Lazard back this week. And I think he's going to carve them up. I think the Chiefs will maybe can hang in there for a while, but I, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go Green Bay 34 to 20. Yeah. I'm going to have to agree with Eric here and go with the Green Bay Packers. Um, I said, I'm expecting Rogers to have a, a really good day against them. I, I'm expecting Devontae Adams to go for 150 yards and two touchdowns on this atrocious Chiefs secondary, and I'm going to go Green Bay 35-24. Nate, what about you? Yeah, I'm uh, same as you here. I think that um, Green Bay's going to have no trouble with this Kansas City defense, and um, it is a proven game for the Chiefs, but until um, you know Mahomes shows that he can get a slump that he's been in, um, I don't trust them versus a defense like the Packers. So I'm going to go um, Green Bay 31, um, Kansas City 24. You're welcome, Caleb. Giving the Packers some love for once on this podcast. Um, <laughs> not for me. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, you know, still blame Zach. He was the one that uh, made that Twitter post. Um, but now we're going to move on to the lock board. And, uh, you know, unfortunately... There's the images. Uh, you know, we had this last year around Halloween, and I felt like it was only appropriate that despite all the close games not going my way and, you know, all this other stuff with the lockboard, I have only managed to put up two points in the last five weeks of the lockboard. That's four weeks of zero points. Um, you know, I, I don't know, guys. Maybe it's time for me to, you know, bow out of the lock board this year considering how I'm performing, <laughs> but you know, I'll keep going. I'll keep going. You know, you never know what could happen. Maybe who knows? I could pick three, five pointers and get them all right. And then all of a sudden I'm back in it with 15 points. So who knows, who knows, but uh, yeah, unfortunately it's not been going my way since even when it looked like it was actually going to be going really good for me the first few weeks when Eric and I were kind of fighting for first, but let's look at the total standings. Zach putting up zero points this week uh, remains at 28 points um, and stays in second place. Um, Eric, well, actually moves down to second place technically. Um, Eric with the best week of all of us with five points, moving up with 33 points. He retakes the lead, a sole possession of the lead from Zach. I remain in last place with another zero point week at 22. And Nate with a three-point week, goes up in a tie for second with Zach with 28 points, um, only five points off the lead, whereas I am 11 points off the lead. <laughs> um, so Eric had the first pick. Tell us briefly about your picks. Yeah, I will say, man, I know you've been having a hard time, but, you know, I still personally didn't think you deserved to get Goofy Dragon memed. I mean, I know you chose it, but <laughs> I, I just I still don't think so just because... I know when I got Goofy dragging me into last season, I really deserved it because I was in a similar funk as you. But not only was I losing my games, like most of the games I was picking were like total blowouts that weren't even close. So like, I don't think you were on that extreme. So that's why I say you shouldn't have. But well, thank you. Uh, I appreciate it. But, <laughs> but you do know the frustration I was feeling at this time last year. So <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what that feels like. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so... Yeah, I got two of my three picks right this week. Uh, the one I didn't get, it was a little farther down my board. I uh, I got sniped on a couple picks, but uh, which the guys are going to be talking about those said snipes, but I wouldn't have got those picks right either. So it, it luckily it didn't hurt me. But uh, I went with Connor's Hornets over the Heat, and uh, they were down big early in the game, but they made a comeback. I thought maybe they would get it, but it 
came up short in the fourth and the heat ran away with it. So I didn't get that, but uh, having the first pick, I wanted to make sure I, you obviously, you obviously want to get the first pick right when you know you, you for sure get the first pick that you're going to want. And so I chose Michigan state over Michigan. Uh, For me, it was, it wasn't necessarily that I thought for sure Michigan State would win, but in my mind, looking at the spread, I felt like that should have been more of a pick game. It was a game I could really see going either way. So I felt for three points, it was a good value to get on a basically a coin flip, and Michigan State got it done for me. And then I took the Titans over the Colts, kind of like what Zach talked about in some of his picks the last couple of weeks where he kind of looks at it and you know, thinks who would he have favored in the situation. And for me with that game, it was the Titans, but the Colts were like two point favorites or something like that. So uh, I put that one up pretty high on my list because I felt pretty confident Tennessee would win. They kind of struggled a bit, but they managed to get the job done. So I had five points this week. I definitely cannot complain. I'm glad to be back in first. Uh, Connor, you get the unfortunate pleasure of talking about yours now <laughs> yeah once again uh zero points um you know i i picked iowa over wisconsin another game where i was kind of surprised that wisconsin was favored but you know iowa is just every week proving that they're trash more and more often i don't know how they managed to beat iowa state and penn state i mean penn state's not been looking strong either but i don't know how they managed to beat iowa state given how they've been playing recently um Somehow they're still ranked number 19, too. I don't understand that either. I don't know how they're still in the top 25. So, you know, just keep overrating Iowa uh, AP poll. You know, keep doing that. Um, I'm going to stop picking them after this because I don't even know why I wanted. I mean, I I put this, like, first on my board. But in hindsight, I should have put Michigan State first. But, you know, obviously I wouldn't have gotten it anyway. So I can't be upset about that. Um, <clears throat> and then... SMU over Houston, that was like, you know, a pick em game, basically. Um, Houston was literally favored by like half a point. Um, so I figured I could do something there. But unfortunately, Houston pulled off the win to give SMU their first loss. And then finally, UNC over Notre Dame, you know, like I said, a little bit lower down my board. Um, like Eric had with Charlotte over Miami. But, you know, I thought, you know, maybe Sam Howell and this team could come out and, you know, beat Notre Dame, who's been, you know, they've had their struggles this season. but. Um, Notre Dame kind of controlled that from the start. So uh, another zero point week. So, you know, what can you do? Nate, uh, let's get away from my horrible picks and talk about yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, mine weren't too much better. Um, I did get one right that I actually, um, uh, for being a lot where this is one of the picks that I actually really believed um, in. uh Patriots over the Chargers on Sunday. Uh, I picked that in our regular um, weekly picks as well. Um, I just figured that the Pats have, you know, their defenses look pretty solid lately. And I figured, you know, if any, any of the upsets this week, that would probably be the most likely in my mind. Um, and it, you know, happened um, pretty close to how I expected it to. They won with defense. So um, pretty good showing there. And then the rest of my picks were not. Uh, quite as good. I took Ole Miss over Auburn. Um, it's a two-pointer. It was a pretty low spread. I figured it won't really be a huge upset uh, if Mississippi won, but um, I believe Matt Corral got hurt pretty early in that game. I don't know if it would have mattered because Auburn won by a pretty solid um, amount, but um, that one was an L for me. And then my last one was really bad. It was lower down the board, I think, I hope. <laughs> um, but I, <laughs> I hope I this was low on my Took the Jags over the Seahawks on Sunday. Um, I just figured out the Jags have been pretty uh, bad this year, but I figured, you know, they could probably beat uh, Seahawks roster with Geno Smith at quarterback, and I was uh, dead wrong. They got blown out um, somehow. So <laughs> that reminds me not to pick the Jags um, in lockboard settings going forward. But <laughs> Um, learn my lesson there. Hopefully next week will be um, a little bit better with the picks and the uh, get some more points there. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And then I'll go through my picks last year. You know, finally having the last pick uh, finally cost me, I think, a couple times here. Like um, it, it hurt. My picks were the Bears over the 49ers as a possible three point play. I I thought they had a 
good, real good shot. I think they were at the Bears were at home in that game, and the 49ers have been looking really, really bad with Jimmy G. So I was like, okay, maybe the Bears defense can pull out a win, but they didn't. I had a bad beat with the uh with the Magic beating the Raptors as a five-point spread. That's really the only reason I picked this was because the the five-point spread on it. Um they lost by one point, so that was disappointing uh to see. And then I and I think still nobody's gotten an NBA uh pick correct. So I think uh, we're still right over, on that. <laughs> still over on the NBA games. But uh then I picked the uh Washington football team over the Broncos. Um I thought, you know, the Broncos have been really struggling recently, so you know, it's possible definitely a good chance that Washington could have won it. It was a close game, but it didn't go my way. And this week, I finally had some stuff that didn't go my way. So that's what happens when you get zero points. Happens. Hey, well, you know, don't feel too bad because stuff hasn't been going my way for five weeks. So <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I'm not the worst. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, so next week, um, Zach will be having the first pick. I will have a second pick. Nate remains in the same spot with the third pick, and Eric for the first time in a while is going to be uh, picking last. So we'll see how that goes. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> and we'll see how it goes with Zach picking first. Cause it seems like he's been better at picking last aside from this week. So who knows um, really quickly uh, fantasy league update. You know, we've been talking about the Packers on this episode and the Eagles actually, but um, you know, Sucks to suck, Brody Sports Talk. Uh, we really manhandled you this week. <laughs> um, you know, we get to talk the smack when we win. So I saw they made, like, y'all made a bunch of trades, too, to try and switch around your team. I saw y'all traded away Josh Allen. Um, so, you know, who knows how it's going to go. But, you know, pretty solid week across the board for us. Um, obviously, other than Justin Jefferson, who got three. Um, didn't expect that, but you know, 28 for Stafford, 25 for Eckler, Camara a little bit low at 16, um, but still decent. You know, not everyone's going to get 20 points. Uh, Debo Samuel up at 26, Marvin Jones, a disappointment at seven and a half, but you know, I kind of like Nate, like, I mean, I didn't think the Jags were going to win that game, but I thought they were going to do a little bit better than they did. Um, so that was unfortunate. Carolina defense, a nice, uh, 14 point outing. So, um, really the birdie sports talk team other than Josh Allen was pretty disappointing. Um, Kenneth Gainwell um, with only three points. I'm not sure why he got started, um, but you know, I don't know. So we're three and five now as a podcast. That's why we're not the GM, uh, you know, that just shows our GM ability right there. Like, <laughs> whoa! <laughs> right, all right, guys. I, I apologize. I didn't mean for this to turn into a roast. Um, but, you know, <laughs> yeah. but, you know, Birdie Sports Talk. Hey, can, you guys, little... can you guys guess next week on our podcast, please? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they've been I'm having a tough... You know, we, we, we've been talking about, we've been having a tough year. Um, but unfortunately they've been, y'all have been having a quite a bit tougher year. So, you know, it happens to the best of us, unfortunately, just, just not, not your guys's year, unfortunately. All right. Finally, we're going to close it out with the la another around the shield. This is the first duel around the shield talking about the trade deadline. Um, there was a huge trade that happened just today. And I think it was Nate alluded to it earlier, but Eric, what is going to be the impact of this Von Miller to the LA Rams trade? And what does it mean for both of these teams? Yeah. I mean, this trade, I, I like for both sides. Uh, I do worry about the Rams for the future, like just giving away so many draft picks, but you know, they're in win now mode. So I can't blame them for doing this. And I know, Von Miller's hurt right now, but when he comes back healthy, you know, having him and Aaron Donald, you know, rushing after the quarterback, I mean, that that's going to be pretty scary. So I know the Rams defense has struggled a little bit at times this year. Like they've been good, but they've also been bad at times, been a little bit inconsistent there. So I like the move for the Rams. I think it was a good decision to get another pass rushing threat in there. And I also like it for the Broncos just because, you know, they're pretty much rebuilding right now. They obviously don't have, 
you know, they, they obviously don't have their franchise quarterback in place yet. And, you know, they've got a lot of needs on that team. And by the time they're ready to contend again, Von Miller would be, I mean, he's already like at that age where he, he like might be getting past his prime where he's, you know, he's obviously not at the level he once was. So especially by the time the Broncos are ready to contend again, he'll be well past that. So I'm fine with them since they're not contending. I'm fine with them moving on from him and picking up a couple of draft picks, even though it's second and third round picks they got, like, since the Rams could be, you know, Super Bowl contenders, it'll kind of basically be more like a early third and early fourth round is basically what it would be. But either way, I mean, it's the Rams. The Rams don't have a first round pick to give. (laughs) Yeah, 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 exactly. But so either way, uh, you know, I I like the move for the Broncos getting these extra picks. I think that's going to, you know, bode well for them. That's going to really help them with starting their rebuilding process as long as they can capitalize and get the right pieces. So I, you know, sometimes with trades, there's like win-wins, lose-lose, or maybe win-lose. But I, I, I like it as a win-win for both teams for different circumstances. But it's the Rams' defense was obviously, you know, really interesting to watch on paper anyway with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey on that team. But now with Von Miller, it, it, it makes things even more interesting. So. That, that's my take on it. Yeah, for sure, man. I, I agree. I think it's a win-win. Um, you know, I think that it was time for the Broncos to move on from him if they could. Um, and the Rams obviously get a really good defensive piece for when he comes back healthy. Um, so the other big news swirling around that nothing's been official or confirmed or really happened yet, so to speak. But Deshaun Watson, obviously the rumors are heating up again because we are near the trade deadline and, um, the fact that he's not on the commissioner's list, so he can play um, if whoever were to end up with him wants him to play. He can play. Um, so, Zach, tell me about some of these rumors that have been going on with Deshaun Watson and if he could potentially get traded before tomorrow's deadline. Yeah, I don't think he's going to get traded. You know, he could play, but it's still the problem. The biggest problem for a trade to happen right now is that there's uncertainty with his legal situation. So he could face like he could face prison time and be out of the league, never play another snap of football again. Um, Or he could, you know, come back next year. So there's like that massive uncertainty. And then um, so that, that would be like for teams trying to trade for him, you know, not wanting to trade for him right now. And then from the Texans point of view, they're not just that, you know, they're not just going to give him away for a bag of chips. Like he's still, uh, he's still a prized asset, top five quarterback in the league when he was playing. Like, you know, you, they're going to want multiple first round picks. And I think also they want to know where the first round picks going to be in the draft. So I don't, I think also too, because it's not draft time right now, I think they might want some more, you know, security with their picks. Um, so I, I just don't think a trade's going to happen yet. Obviously, eventually it, it will if he can play football again. But um, but some teams, I think, to list off that are like the most interested, probably, I would say the Dolphins have to top the list. Um, potentially, uh, let's see, what are some other teams? Uh, the Panthers, maybe. Um, Maybe Washington. The Lions, maybe. Washington, Lions. yeah. Washington, Denver, maybe. Like, there, there's some teams like that. Um, so, who knows, but I'd, I would be shocked if he gets traded. Yeah, I'm pretty much in agreement. I think all the, you know, there were some people in our uh, podcast league a couple of times he got picked up and then dropped again. Um, I don't know what people were doing with that, but I never really had any um, you know, I never put any hype into any of these rumors that he was going to be traded. I was like, there. If he gets traded, it will be like kind of in the off season at the end of this year. Because I agree with Zach that like they want more security for their picks. You know, they don't want to go and trade him to the Broncos, and then all of a sudden the Broncos turn it around with him, and like you know they go and make the playoffs, and it's like, well, crap. Like now this first round pick we have is you know late in the first round where we we were hoping it was going to be you know earlier so that we could rebuild our team because the Texans are in full rebuild mode. So 
Um, they definitely won't trade him unless they can get good draft picks. Um, so you know, we had Von Miller, Deshaun Watson. Now there's a couple teams mainly looking at the Titans and the Chiefs as teams that are going to be buyers during the trade deadline. The Titans have already picked up Adrian Peterson, not in a trade, but just as a sign to replace Derrick Henry. But um, what kind of pieces should these two teams be looking for, Nate? Yeah, so it's, I don't know. I think for Titans, like you said, they picked up um, Adrian Peterson. I don't know. They're kind of in a weird spot where, oh, sorry, did you say something? No. Oh, I, it was weird. I thought um, it was like feedback where I thought you were um, saying something. But um, yeah, like you said they picked up Adrian Peterson um, through free agency. But um, it's like they're kind of in a weird spot where you kind of want to see what they can do this Sunday without um, Derrick Henry, how that offense looks. But the trade deadline is, um, you know, coming up right now. So it's kind of um, one of those spots where it's almost like are the Titans going to be in like win now mode and still trying to aggressively push for the playoffs, um, try and contend there or uh, without, you know, a huge guy like Derrick Henry, is that offense going to fall apart anyways? Now they better off um, um, trying to, you know, just win as many games as they can and look towards next year. So I think that's kind of an interesting situation where as coming into the week, I, I would have said they were, you know, will be buyers trying to uh, pick up any like veteran help they can get, trying to make a push at the um, playoffs this season. And then the Chiefs are another one where um, they've looked really iffy. Um, obviously, we talked about that a couple times this episode. Um, obviously, I think that I would have to still think that in their minds, at least they're um, pushing for title contention again. Um, I can't imagine they would um, be sellers, but. I mean, I don't know. They've got such high-priced um, contracts on that roster that you know maybe a couple of those guys um, they'd be better off without uh, if they could dump those salaries and uh, try to reconfigure things and go in different directions this coming off season. Um, I'm still trying to you know if you have Patrick Mahomes, you got to be in win now mode um, every year when you've got a guy that talented. But um, I won't be surprised if the Chiefs maybe you know got rid of. Um, someone they overpaid for a couple years ago, or if, on the other hand, I won't be surprised if they tried to copy the Rams and um, look for some, you know, make a splash there with some veterans. So I think, like you said, those are two interesting teams. That, that it's hard to tell what they're going to do. Um, there's always all those rumors at the deadline, but um, definitely I'm interested in, in those two teams uh, this week here. Yeah, so in regards to the Chiefs, too, I've got two players here on this slide. I've got Deshaun Jackson and Melvin Ingram, two players that are wanting out of their current situations. I definitely think the Chiefs would be very well served to try and make an offer to the Pittsburgh Steelers to get Melvin Ingram. You know, that defense, we've talked about it extensively this episode, is very bad. They're not able to get pressure on the quarterback. Melvin Ingram, while obviously not, you know, the wrecking ball force that he once was is still a very good pass rusher. He's a veteran presence on that defense. And, you know, it's a lot of, there's a lot of young players on that defense now, given like that, a lot of the turnover, you know, having a veteran presence like that can really help, especially putting him on the other side of someone like Chris Jones or Frank Clark. Um, You know, he could be a good pass rushing asset for them and hopefully could start to turn that defense around. I know Ingram visited with the chiefs in the off season when he was, um, you know, when he was a free agent and eventually nothing came of it. But, you know, I think the Chiefs might be starting to rethink that now looking at their defensive situation. Um, and especially since he wants out of Pittsburgh, um, I don't know what they would have to give for him. I'd probably say maybe something like a like a fourth round, third or fourth round pick, like maybe one of those for him. Um, but obviously the Steelers can afford to be a little flexible given that they have TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith still on the roster. And then Deshaun Jackson This is a very interesting situation, just the fact that, like, you know, he's obviously upset that he's not getting playing time, but he's also on a Super Bowl contending team, which, you know, I'm surprised that he would want out of a Super Bowl contending team, Um, you know, especially given his age. It's one of those things like, you know, if he gets out of L.A. and goes somewhere, I don't know where he would go, but like, you know that's going to be on your career that you never want to ring. You know, obviously if someone wants a ring, obviously it's not going to be as meaningful if you win it with the Rams, but it's still a ring. And I know everyone wants a ring. So um, it's a bit surprising 
you know, I think he's another thing that maybe the Chiefs could try and trade for um, just because the Chiefs, there's been a lot of talk about their offensive weapons and how, like, a lot of them have not really worked out outside of Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Like, McCall Hardman's been a bit of a disappointment. Um, you know, Byron Pringle has been okay. Um, the running back situation has been iffy, even like, you know, if Clyde Edwards Alaire will look really good at times and he'll look bad at other times. I mean, he's also hurt a lot of the time. So maybe bringing in, you know, I know Deshaun Jackson, if you could play him, you know, Tyreek Hill's supposed to be the deep threat on this team, but I don't know. It's, I feel like it's always good to have another deep threat, especially on this Chiefs team that likes to spread out the receivers a lot. You know, just having another fast receiver like him, he can still move at his age. Um, so he could be a good potential suitor there. Um, you know, and the Titans really just need to look for another running back if I had to speak on them. Um, but yeah, so that is going to wrap it up for this episode, guys. A lot of good talk, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of chiefs in this episode, a lot of Packers in this episode. Um, you know, I'm really excited. We got through all these topics and it was a fun episode. Um, so be sure to tune in next week, guys. Uh, we're going to be doing our NFL midseason review next week. So, you know, things we got right and what we got wrong. So that should be a fun episode, given how unpredictable the season has been. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Clutch Crew Sport. And be sure to subscribe on YouTube and like on YouTube. Also, if you're listening on Anchor, you should go watch this episode on YouTube because it's pretty cool with the graphics. So thank you guys so much for watching, and we will see you next time. Be Oh. Peace. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>